grace and peace to you. God bless you. Welcome to Wednesday night in the word. I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about the ministry of deliverance. Um, I was going to give it some fancy title, but you know what? I think it speaks. It speaks on its own. Um, we are um, to put a date on the message. We're in the month of March. March is known as the windy month or the month of the spirit. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, where I feel God's heart is as pertains to um, deliverance, freedom for the captives. Um, there's a scripture in Mark chapter 7, verse 27. I'm going to pull it completely out of its context because it's, it flows within a narrative um, of a conversation that took place between Jesus and a woman who was struggling with her daughter. And I do encourage you to go back and read it in your own devotion. But at any rate, she's appealing to Jesus for the deliverance of her daughter. Her daughter was um, grievously vexed of demons. And she, um, this woman who was a non-Jew, approached the Lord for deliverance for her children, interceding, and, and I'm sure um, we all can relate as a mother or as a caregiver, a guardian, for someone you care about and to see them struggle beyond your control. Um, you're going to be desperate and you're going to look for help. You're going to look for somebody to um, to assist and to support. And so here you find this woman, this mother crying out for deliverance um, for her daughter. She wanted Jesus to drive these demons out of her. And Jesus says something that if you didn't know him and if you didn't know his his why you would take offense to what he said. Here's what he said to her, Mark 7, verse 27. He said, but Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Now, those of you who are members of my church, you know I talk about this a lot, how if anyone is operating in a spirit of offense and there is a need in your life, that spirit of offense can block anything and everything that God wants to do. Now, if this woman was operating in a spirit of offense, having Jesus tell her or compare her and her daughter to a dog would just do it. I mean, I can just imagine the words she would say, the things she would do and the way she would feel. So you have to be very careful about not allowing the spirit of offense to block deliverance. I don't know who needed to hear that. But I feel like there are some that God is saying deliverance is yours. It belongs to you. Um, you know, there is a, a, a greater um, satisfaction quality of life that you can appreciate. But you have offense in the way. And when you have offenses in the way, you can't get past your feelings being hurt. You can't get past your pride being hurt. You can't get past people knowing about what you're dealing with. And guess what? Those will be the things that will keep you bound. And so for this woman, because she did not have the spirit of offense, um, she was unbothered. Like one of my instructors said over the la over last week, hashtag unbothered. Um, she continued to appeal unto the Lord. She continued to intercede. And she was like, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. And so there is a um, there is a hunger that we need to have when it comes to seeking God for deliverance and making sure we don't have offenses in the way that will block it. If God is using someone to release a word to you and this word may cut 
sometimes you have to bleed in order to heal. And, you know, if they're coming with a word that you don't want to hear, you don't want to receive it, you don't want to acknowledge it. But that's the area where God is purging you and cleansing you. Um, and you're operating in a fence that's going to you're going to hinder your own breakthrough. I, I know people. Many of you know people um, that can't get healed for being hurt. Right. Like you can't uh, endure the sword because you're grimacing at the pain. But sometimes you've got to go under that knife. You've got to go under that that anesthesia. You got to go under that surgical process in order for the healing to take place. And so that's whoever that needed to hear that. In this woman's case, she was unbothered. Her need was so great. It didn't matter what Jesus said. It didn't matter how he said it. It didn't matter who heard it. What she knew was that she had a need and that only Jesus could supply that that need. And so I feel like for many of us, there are areas in our life that we need God to touch. We need God to move in those areas. We need we need to see God. We need to see God in those areas. But sometimes we can't get past ourselves. And then when we don't see God like we expect to see him, we become angry and then we open up doors for other spirits. But the topic tonight I want to talk about is deliverance is the children's bread. And I love the fact that Jesus said the children. In other words, in order to receive deliverance, you first, if deliverance comes out of a relationship, you cannot be a church goer. You cannot straddle the fence and expect deliverance. Um, you cannot attend a conference. You cannot buy a book. You cannot listen to a message without uh, maintain, establishing and maintaining a relationship with the Lord Jesus. You have to be a child of God. And so I know that there's a lot of ministry, uh, deliverance ministries out there. God bless every last man and woman of God who's going forth and God is using them. God has given me a ministry of deliverance. My apostles have ministries of deliverance. And I know God works in the realm of deliverance. I am a, I'm a testament to the power of deliverance. God is real and the power of God is real. And demons are real too. Um, but at the same time, this, it belongs to us. Deliverance belongs to us. Um, and, it, and, and with deliverance belonging to us, it is our bread. When you think about bread, bread is a food of substance. It keeps you. It nourishes you. It keeps you strong. It fills you. It revitalizes you. It refreshes you. It, call, it, it gives you a, um, it gives you life. It sustains life. And so, and and when Jesus says deliverance, and he doesn't say it, but when we, in context, draw the conclusion that Jesus is talking about deliverance being the children's bread, then we understand that there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with seeking God for deliverance. One of the comp uh, uh, components of the Great Commission is to cast out devils. Now, let me say something about that. I have seen, and you have too, instances where the casting out of devils has become a phenomenon, like it's some spectacular event, and people are amused and amazed by demons being cast out. But when you look at it in the context of what Jesus is talking about here, deliverance taking place should be just as normal as eating. And I don't know about you, 
but there are no bells and whistles whenever I have breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It's what I do. It's what I have to do. It's what keeps me going. If I don't eat, then my body sends, my brain sends signals to my body. I get headaches and all types of things start to happen. I get weary and sluggish, just like you, because our bodies were designed to, to function off of fuel. And so the same thing applies in the realm of the spirit. There are necessities that we need to adhere to and we need to subscribe to as children of God. And deliverance is one of them. Deliverance doesn't have to take place on Sunday, but it can take place Wednesday at four o'clock on your way home from work. Deliverance can take place Sunday morning, two o'clock. It can take place Saturday morning at 10 a.m. You know, God does not have to schedule deliverance and you don't have to schedule deliverance when there's a need, then you go to satisfy that need. And so with this woman, there was a need. She was beyond her time. And that's why Jesus said, it's not time yet. This, what I have available, this deliverance and this freedom and this liberty belongs to the children of God, the children of covenant, children of the promise to the house of Israel. It's not your time yet. The veil has not been rent. I have not gone to be the sacrifice yet. God is not accepting you except through the blood and the blood hadn't been shed yet. So he's saying to her right now, you don't belong. You are an outsider. And this is where many of us have to be very, very careful when we're trying to cast demons out of people who do not belong to the body of Christ. They are not the children of God and we're casting out, come out, come out, come out, come out. And I found over the years I had to learn that there should not be a struggle when you're casting out devils. I understand there are some things that may have been lodged deep within the, the burrows of our souls, things that passed through the bloodline and things we picked up through the years and all of that good stuff. But when you are born again, and you say you belong to Jesus. Yes, you can still be vexed, but demons can't control you. God is Lord. Jesus is Lord, right? And Lord, when you think about it, and if you are renters, landlord, they have possession of your, your uh, place where you live. They are responsible. They are the ones to whom you pay your bill. And so... Uh, I can't just show up and say, hey, let me collect your rent for this month. I have no authority to do that. And so understanding that there comes a privilege to being a child of God to where at any given time you can say, Father, in Jesus name, I am being vexed with the spirit of anxiety. And I command it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to loose me and let me go now. It may come out and you just may experience a life change. Or it may come out with some other type of manifestation that's going to come through the passageways, the airways, because spirits are associated with breath, air, ruach, wind. Just like the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, there was a mighty rushing wind. It filled the house. So spirits, neutral, are uh, um, elements of the wind. The, the, their character defines evil spirit or, you know, human spirit or spirit of God. They'll take on an attribute. OK, they'll take on a personality. So it doesn't take five preachers, a choir and a Hammond B3 organ 
to cast out a demon. And I know that some of us are accustomed to seeing it happen that way. That there has to be a conference and then demons are cast out. Or there has to be a preacher and then demons are cast out. Or there has to be some prophetic song and then demons are cast out. That is not what the word of God said. As a child of God, deliverance is available to you just as when you walk in your house and there's food in your house. And whenever you're ready to eat, to sustain your body, to fuel your body, that food is there. So we've got to take away the mysticism surrounding deliverance. It is not something to be afraid of. It is not something to be ashamed of. It is what you do when there is something vexing you. And I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it happened. So there you go. But it is what you do when you know you are acting out of sorts. When you feel and the Holy Spirit will let you know. The Holy Spirit will let you know when you're grieving the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit will let you know when you've done something wrong. He will convict you and he will reprove you. He will rebuke you. When you say things that aren't right, when you think things or and even, yeah, God will even correct your thoughts. But when you do things that aren't right, the Holy Spirit will reprove you and let you know, hey, that's not right. And then either you can say, okay, Father, you know, yes, God, that's that what Lord, you know, help me, Lord, strengthen me. Or you can continue to entertain that. And then that's where that action becomes a stronghold and a demon comes in because he's attracted to that activity that you're engaging in. So as a child of God, you cannot be possessed by a devil, but you can be used by the devil. You can be used. Judas was an apostle. He was used by the devil. Ananias and Sapphira were a man and woman of God. They were used by the devil. So don't get it twisted. We all sin and we come short of God's glory. But it's our job to examine ourselves to see where we are in the faith and take advantage of this deliverance. Don't wait until you can barely place one foot in front of the other where so many spirits, because spirits attract spirits. Spirits, the Bible says that when the house is garnished and swept, there will be seven uh, unclean spirits more worse than the first to make sure you never get free again. And you can still preach, prophesy, pray and lay hands and still be bound by demons because the power of God works. Even if it's not working in you, it'll work through you. So we also have to be mindful that just because the gift is working, that doesn't mean that we're operating in the spirit of freedom. It can be that person's faith. The woman with the issue of blood received her healing by her faith. Jesus never prayed for her. And so, again, there are sometimes that... Um, false understanding in the body of Christ that when someone prays for you and the prayer is answered that that person has some special favor with God or whatever it was your prayer it was your faith in believing God to do what needed to be done despite that person and so that's why we should always put our trust and confidence in the Lord I'm not saying that people who are praying for you aren't right in their spirit and I'm not saying don't ask anybody to pray that's not right because people can hide stuff what I am saying is, even though you touch and agree with somebody or somebody touched and agreed with you and a prayer was answered, it doesn't always mean that person was standing upright before the Lord. It could mean that you had the faith to move mountains in your situation and God, because of your faith, moved on your behalf. It didn't necessarily mean it happened because of that person. 
And so that's why it's so essential that number one, we seek freedom and deliverance so that we can see when spirits are operating in others. Because you can't see if you're under the influence of spirits. You, there's a blindness that takes place. The Bible said a blind leading the blind. The dogs, you know, lead, uh, he said a blind lead the blind. They all fall in the ditch, right? So there is a vigilance that we need in the body of Christ like we've never had before. Because there are many spirits that have gone out into the world. Many false spirits have gone out into the world. And the Bible said if we were, were if the elect were not, if we were not possible, even the very elect would be deceived. That's how strong these spirits are. And this is what God was showing me uh, late last night. This spirit of deception is strong in my city. I see it. It's really strong in my city. And, and, it's, and it, listen, it's only strong because the people of God are not walking in boldness and truth. The people of God are not walking in boldness and truth. They're not vigilant and they're allowing certain things to just happen or they're subscribing to it or they're supporting it. And it's going to get power. Anything that you turn your attention to you in power, anything, whether it's the spirit of God or the spirit of the or, or the, the spirit that's not of God. Anything you turn your attention to, you're going to empower. So anytime you support something and it is not a genuine, authentic move of God, you are empowering that even to the tune of becoming a partaker of the sin of that thing. And so that that lukewarmness and that that laziness and that slowfulness um, and that sleepiness that has set over the body of Christ. I'm seeing it like a wet blanket and it, it there's a lullaby that has gone out from the second heavens and it has it has soothed people to sleep. People don't fight in war like they used to because comfort has suffocated and kidnapped them. People have been kidnapped and suffocated by comfort. And the Lord is showing me that even during the time when churches were shut down because of COVID, doors of opportunity through loans were open. Whether they were disaster loans, COVID loans, PPP loans, or whatever. There was EBT. I mean, there was money. If, if any, I don't know if anybody paid attention, but money was being literally thrown. You're talking about falling out of heaven. <laughs> money was being thrown. And instead of the people of God bearing down to remain sensitive to the spirit of God and hear what he was saying, they allowed that, that season, that very brief, short season of prosperity to lullaby them so much so to the point many of them have not recovered the money is gone but the season where they should have remained vigilant they allowed the dollars they allowed the wealth they allowed the good times they allowed the times when they were just home and shut in it suffocated and lullaby them and so now this is why many churches across the land you see now the fruit of that it came from covid that should have been a season where the people of God hunkered down and drew close to the Lord like never before. But what God did with that is he exposed the lawlessness that was in the hearts of the people. He exposed religion because those who had a religious experience, they died spiritually. But those who were walking, uh, walking with the Lord hand in hand, step by step, following him, praise God, they continue to thrive, not just physically and, and, and financially, but they continue to drive so, uh, thrive socially and, and um, spiritually. But today, right now, what you see happening across the corporate church. That's that's the fruit of what happened. That's the fruit of uh, the lullaby that took place during COVID, where 
people were just home. You worked from home. The, the feasting off of the comforts is what I'm saying. So again, this is why deliverance is so important. When you know your spirit is off, when you know something is not right, you don't have desire to pray. You don't have desire to worship. You don't have desire to love. You don't have desire to, um, you know, to obey and do the things that God's calling you to do. Then something has replaced your love. Something, what has happened? Spirits have entered in backslidden spirits, lukewarm. All of these spirits have entered in and crept in unawares because we were not watching. And not only were we not watching, we had no watchmen on the walls. I don't even hear a lot about intercessors anymore. Like, again, that all that lullaby spirit swept them away. Not all, but many of the intercessors, you don't hear from them. So when I say deliverance is the children's bread, what I'm saying is, it's time for the children of God to eat. It's time to rise up out of being malnourished and, and living in famine. A spiritual famine. And what's sad about it is there's bread on the table. But we filled ourselves on other things or we just don't have that appetite for God like that anymore. And for a season, just like with COVID, for a season, you'll be lullabied and you'll be rocked to sleep. But then when it's time to wake up out of that slumber, there's going to be disaster because God loves us too much. The Bible said those he loves, he chastens. There will come chastisement. So this word is for you tonight, for you, you and you, that the love of God is real. The wrath of God is real, too. And spiritual uh, uh, enemies, spiritual warfare is real. And just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But I'm hearing God say, rise up and eat. There is food on the table. There's bread on the table. And God said, it's for my children. It's for my house. I have bread for my house. And my home, my children are free to eat whatever they want, as much of it as they want, whenever they want. They're all adults and they all have different work schedules and life schedules. And, and, and so we don't have a set time for dinner as such. We have a roundabout time. But they're free to get whatever they need whenever they need it. And I will make sure that there is meat in the house. That's my job to make sure there's meat in the house. Well, God does the same thing to us in the realm of the spirit as his children who abide in the father's house there is always meat in his house there's always tools and resources and supports that we need to get to that place where we can enjoy this life the abundant life that jesus said we're supposed to have and so that we're not experiencing an abundant life it's not the enemy's fault we're not eating we're not receiving deliverance we're not acknowledging those areas in our life that we are struggling in. We've overlooked it. We've overbooked it and we've cast it aside. We'll deal with it later. But we don't know what later looks like. So I want to encourage you as you uh, just feast on this bread of the word tonight that you take a few moments in your devotion and you ask the father in Jesus name to show you the areas in your life where you have been vexed or where you are being vexed by evil spirits and take authority over Jesus name and call them out and cast them out. And I, you know, I, I'm hearing somebody say, well, how do I do that? Guess what? 
if you were in Walmart and you saw somebody you knew with a red shirt on and you didn't know them by name, what would you do? You would identify them by what you see. So I would say, hey, you with the red shirt on, I'm trying to get in touch with you. Or you left your, your lettuce on the counter or what have you. You want to identify them by what you see or you want to identify, hey, you just walking around the corner. You will identify it by its action. There are many demon dictionary books out here. They're wonderful. Uh, just amazing tools. But if you don't have that, you can still cast a demon out. This spirit, and here's an example, this spirit in me that makes me want to feel angry all the time. I command it to loose me and let me go. That devil knows who he is. You can call it out by its action. You can call it out by its description. Call it out by its nature. This spirit that wants me to talk about people. This spirit that wants me to hate on people. This spirit that doesn't want me to appreciate the goodness of God. I command you to loose me. This spirit that makes me complain all the time. This spirit that makes me nag all the time. I command you to come out, loose me, let me go. Remember, living in the father's house, only the children are allowed in that house. Anybody else comes in that house, you are a trespasser and a violator and you are subject to criminal proceedings. Whatever that looks like. So if there's something trying to dwell in your house... That you didn't give it permission to. The only spirit you gave permission to was the Lord Jesus. When you said, come into my heart, live God, be my God, I'll be your child. Anything else that came in through unawares, came in through a behavior, came in through a thought, came in through a deed. You need to cast it out. Because if you don't, he's going to live in there rent free. And he's going to affect the abundant, the quality of the abundant life that Jesus said he wanted you to have. So I want you to be blessed. Amen. I pray this message has um, challenged you. And I pray that you, I, I pray that Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And I pray that you will take time aside to, uh, to eat that bread and clean that house up. Amen. In Jesus name, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So to sow into the ministry, our cash tag is TLC um, Charlotte. Amen. And we would just uh, appreciate our partners and friends and church members who are supporting the ministry, uh, which is more important now more than ever before because there is a great fall in the way. And it does affect um, church finances. It affects what we can do and how long we can do it and who we can do it with and who we can do it for. But nevertheless, God is good and he is a provider of his own. So we thank him for that. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that everything that you touch, amen, uh, is blessed. I pray that the Father will surround you with his love, protect you and your family, and that all goes well with you. In Jesus' name, God bless.